Why would you look outside yourself when you have all of the world inside? Welcome to Hot Takes, where you get a sneak peek into this week's Patreon-exclusive interview. In today's Hot Take, Wesley Giesbrecht explains what first attracted him to the Orthodox Church. Enjoy. Well, I remember, I can remember very clearly one time I'd been at home and... You know, I was reading the reading the New Testament, reading, you know, the letters of St. Paul, and he's describing, you know, how Christians are supposed to live, what their, you know, code of conduct is supposed to be, so to speak. And then I became really dissatisfied with what looked to be, you know, a huge discrepancy between what I'm seeing, how the church is supposed to look like, and then what I was seeing on you know, a week-to-week basis in my Mennonite community. And I remember I just posted on Facebook as... You know, I kind of put a little rant like, well, why is it, you know, that the Bible says we're supposed to be doing this stuff, but like, we're not doing this stuff. And then I have a friend by the name of Mike Bremner, who was originally from Winkler, but he'd been living out in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan at the time. And then he started messaging me and started, you know, telling me about orthodoxy. And I never heard of orthodoxy, though, in past you know in hindsight i realized there was i'd actually been exposed to orthodoxy once i have a vivid memory of being at my grandma's place and on the tv then pope john paul ii was in some sort of orthodox country one of the countries at a funeral for like one of the patriarchs and like they're like oh this is the first time pope's been at a you know, funeral for an Orthodox patriarch. And I was a kid, I had no idea what it meant. But now in hindsight, I realized like, oh, I did actually have one introduction to Orthodoxy before that. But now at that time, I was like, uh, what's that? And, you know, begins telling me about Orthodoxy. First, he just kind of begins telling me about the theology of Orthodoxy. And coming from my sort of like, what I would call like this sort of evangelical mindset where like whatever, whatever theology you agree with, you know, that's what you think you are. So if you agree with reformed theology, Oh, I'm a Calvinist. You know, you agree with, you know, the Wesleyan theology is like, Oh, I'm a Methodist. You know, you, you just, you make your ecclesiological sort of position by whatever your theology you agree with. And he's like, no, it doesn't work that way. I'm like, what? What do you mean it doesn't work that way? That's how it works. No, not with orthodoxy. And he sent me the link for the Orthodox Church in America website. He's like, read this. And it was literally like the, the Rainbow series from Father Thomas Hopkill. And he's like, yeah, this is uh, like, read this stuff. This is, you know, this is an introduction to orthodoxy. And like, I was reading the stuff and it's like, yeah, yeah, I agree with all. Like, I read the theological parts. I'm like, yeah, I agree with all of this 100%. It's like, well, then you have to leave your Mennonite church. I'm like, what? It's like, well, yeah, you can't be a Mennonite and be Orthodox at the same time. Like, what? Because that was something that was completely unfathomable to me. Because I knew like Mennonites went to Baptist churches or, you know, Mennonites who went to charismatic churches. And in my world, it seemed like that's that's what you did. It's just you just go to that church because that's the one you like. But then that's where like because he kind of gave me like straight up like well no the orthodox church claims to be like the one true church and for me like obviously coming from you know perspective where you know i believe i'm a christian and you know what community i go to is a church you know it was personally offensive to me i'm like well what does that mean about me he's like i'm not saying anything about you i'm just saying this is what the orthodox church says and you know that 
that forced me to take that claim seriously. So I started to, you know, kind of look at my experience in the Mennonite church distantly from kind of starting to look at orthodoxy. And like the more I looked at orthodoxy, the more I became sort of discontent with life in the Mennonite church. Because if I would have never known about it, I would have had another, never had anything to compare it to, so to speak. I would just been, I would have stayed within that sort of social, cultural, religious sort of bubble, never peeking my head out and seeing that there's something else. But because I saw there was something else, and the more I was looking into it, the more I was agreeing with it, the more, you know, I find myself sitting there Sunday mornings, hearing sermons being preached upon, you know, faith alone or anything, you know, particular to the Protestant Reformation. I'd be like, I just don't believe that. I just don't believe that. Or, you know, listening to people talk about baptism being merely a symbol and uh, for the, you know, the public declaration of your faith. And it's like, no, it's not. I don't, I don't believe that. Like the more I was, I was, re first of all, because I was looking at orthodoxy itself, but at the same time, I was reading a variety of different theological writers who all in their own way sort of played the part of being different jigsaw pieces to lead me theologically to orthodoxy. So there's, you know, people like C.S. Lewis, N.T. Wright, there was a guy named Scott McKnight, there was a guy named Dallas Willard, and like I would take different pieces from them. So I remember reading a quote from the guy Dallas Willard once about icons being, you know, beneficial for the spiritual life. As and he talked about, it. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And I remember reading John Wesley talking about Christian perfection, and you know, essentially, you know, it's like, oh, this is kind of what the Orthodox talk about, like theosis or you know, deification, becoming completely like Christ through you know the work of the Holy Spirit. And then I can remember reading N.T. Wright, you know, who's an Anglican, so he still has you know an understanding of sacramentality coming from a Mennonite perspective. You have no understanding of sacramentality. And he's talking about like baptism and the Eucharist. It's like, this makes total sense. And then looking, looking at like liturgical worship compared to, you know, contemporary, you know, praise and worship music. I started to sort of recognize what I would call like the merits and the beauty of liturgical worship. And the more as I would like, and I was getting all this from Protestants or at least people within the Protestant world coming from the different denominations. And then obviously I would find that, you know, internal conflict with my actual surrounding because these are like the personal convictions I'm developing and believing in. But in the meantime, you know, I'm still, I'm teaching Sunday school. I'm, you know, leading worship bands. And if anyone wants to tell you like, oh, liturgical worship's just dead empty ritual. I've played guitar in a worship band, very dead, empt emptily and ritualistically. So it's it's not merely if you have an electric guitar, it's not ritual. Like, no, I could do that. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah, guitar solo. <laughs> okay, C chord again. Yeah. So how long were you in that stage of being exposed to these ideas, being attracted by these ideas while still remaining in, in that church? So I started going back to that church when I remember, like, I pretty much just turned 20. And I'd like I'd been going back to the church for a few months then, and I think it was from it was when I was 22 is when I finally actually became Orthodox. So it was about two years of kind of like grappling and wrestling and gradually developing developing you know the beliefs 
that I had, recognizing the beliefs that I had, squaring those off with like, okay, where do I fit with those beliefs and recognizing more and more that I didn't fit within, you know, the, not merely, you know, evangelical Mennonite world, but within the Protestant world altogether. The Prying Priest is a social media-free podcast, so any word-of-mouth recommendations you can make to your friends and family about this show would go a long way. Looking forward to seeing you next time. Say, why would you look outside yourself when you have all